would you be able to see a market turnaround if it hit you in the face? I'm not even sure if I could. Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. This here is my audio digest. I publish this Monday to Friday. I publish all the archives up on my website, stevensersky.com. I yik-yak about the things going on here in Beijing. I'm an expat here. And I am also involved in the ESL industry as well as some computer graphics and uh, the music field as well. If actually you want to head to my website, uh, again, stevensersky.com, you can see some of the projects that I am working on right now and some of the projects that I have worked on before, namely the May You Make Your Movie video challenge and then also the January Song A Day challenge that I've also completed earlier this year. So yeah, would you be able to spot a market turnaround now no doubt if you are any one of the laymen or if you're the lay people or if you're any one of the people who are involved in this although if you're heavily involved in investing you're honestly you're probably not listening to this podcast very often but the lay people might say well the market's going to crash we all know it's the end of capitalism it's the end of no doubt they're going to say the United States stock market. And that's usually when you got to start a kind of wondering the contrarian. And, and this is where I'll, I'll pull in good old Warren Buffett's, you know, buy when there's blood in the streets. Can you? Did you? Do you? That uh, quote attributed to uh, Mr. Buffett, great to say, but let's put it this way. When there's blood in the streets, you're often running for your own life. And that might be your financial life. It might not be your actual life. It might be like, will I have a job next month? Will, will I, do I have enough money for rent? Forget food. What about rent? Because I live in a foreign country that I don't have a passport for, that I can't just walk down the street and get another job and offer my services just because I'm here. I'm, I'm a body in the streets. You will be a body in the streets because when there's blood in the streets, that's when you're buying. Tough to say. Harsh way to look at it, but that's that's how you got to look at these things. So I ask you, I mean, for all the people who are against learning about finance, learning about money and how it works and how to use it to your advantage and to your family's advantage... Have you been looking at the markets lately? No doubt if you focused on some of the big names and you've you've sort of kept abreast of the larger indexes, indices, the Dow Jones, S&P 500, you know, the uh, the FTSE, uh, the Nikkei 225 based out of Tokyo, uh, maybe the German DAX, possibly even the Hong Kong exchange. What are you seeing? Well, the reason I talk about this is because today marks the third day in a row that this one stock that I was sort of looking at for a while here in mainland China, uh, Zhongguo Renzian, it's a China software. It went up by another 10% today. And that's three days in a row that it did it. So that's, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, Monday is sometimes a write-off. And typically the market sort of um, wisdom is that whatever a stock finishes on Monday, Tuesday will be the opposite. Typically, that's what happens. Same with like a Friday to a Monday. Typically, they can reverse 
the prior day's gains or losses. Now, that's not absolute. It's sort of a general idea. But this stock has, I mean, it shot up for the last three days, jumped out of its so-called capitulation sell-off, which happened five weeks ago, four weeks ago, last month, basically. The reason I bring this up, this company is part of the MSCI, Morgan Stanley Composite Index, that tracks the uh, China mainland stocks. And it's one, of the, it's one of their holdings, one of their tech holdings. And it's been selling off for the last year and a half since like, uh, Didi got in trouble, uh, prior to Alibaba getting in trouble uh, with the, uh, the powers that be. It's been selling off since then. This week has seen a turnaround. Like uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, it's sort of a month ago it bottomed and then it jumped up and sort of hung there for a little while. But these last three days has seen it shoot up. And I'm guessing something even bigger than what we're being told in the media is actually happening. They have uh, the powers that be here in China have said that they are. Um, starting to scale back, to pull back on their uh, intense scrutiny of the tech industry and that uh, things are going to be resolved. Not only that, the Beijing and Shanghai lockdowns are pretty much lifted up. Uh, uh, however, I was talking to a couple people that uh, Feng Tai is still locked down. People are encouraged not to leave their compounds and some are still actually locked down, as in you can't leave. Um, so we're not in the clear just yet, but relatively speaking, the city is pretty much open. Dining is up, uh, dining, uh, is, uh, pretty much open. Uh, I was out last night and, uh, with a couple of people, uh, which I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit, but I did notice that there were quite a few people in the restaurants. Is this a reaction? I don't know. So going in with this, uh, China software, uh, up leg. It's it's not just China software. It's the whole Chinese market has been shooting up, and of all things, even the education stocks have been shooting up. Have been going rising. Uh, more, you know, Xindongfang, New Oriental. Uh, the other one, TAL, has been shooting up as well. It's if there was a turnaround, then that was it, basically. Now. Will this translate to North American, to Western stocks? I don't know. I just learned today, I was listening to another market podcast, uh, BNN's Market Call. Fantastic program, been following it for years. They finally made it available in podcast format, commercial free, bnnbloomberg.ca. Find the Market Call segment, go to that, listen to the one about, uh, about Canadian energy, Eric Nuttall. This guy has been a phenomenal. He's he's been a mainstay of the oil oil and energy services in Canada. Well, sorry, oil oil and gas, gas and oil f- sector in Canada for the last long time and he's he is adamant that we are in a multi-year bull market for Canadian energy. So if you have the chance like at, Take a listen to that uh, the episode he was on last Friday. So was that June 4th? June 3rd? June 4th? June 3rd, something like that. Take a listen. Uh, lots of things to consider. One comment he made was that Chinese companies 
had sold their holdings in some Canadian oil and gas stocks, notably Meg Energy, M-E-G.T-O. But one of the company, one of the Chinese companies, sold it, and I'm looking at this, going, okay, so if they sold that over the last little while, Chinese market's going up. Coal has been doing well here in China as well, and now China Software is going up. Well, you know, there, there's something to be said about you know a repatriation of those dollars. You know, the, the money's coming back within these borders, and it's being invested into the mainland of China. And it's, it's stock market. That's just what I see. I'm a layman, just like you, and you, and you. Do your own research, folks. But yes, have a listen. Take a look at bnnbloomberg.ca's, their, their market call segment. It's a fantastic episode. It's the only one of its kind in Canada. Uh, it's a call-in show. You get a lot of uh, people asking questions about different uh, uh, stocks and everything. But they have a lot of different money managers uh, in that uh, on that program. Well worth the listen. Other than that, yes, I was out last night. Uh, it was I, I wasn't really thinking about going out, but I decided to go anyway. Meet up with a few people, and uh, of all things, go figure. I meet this one lady, uh, and, and she asked me where I'm from. I'm like, Canada. I'm like blah blah blah. She's like, oh, I was in Canada for a while. I traveled here, blah. Went across the country. I'm like, oh well, if you ever travel across the country, you'll probably skip my hometown of Winnipeg. She's like, Winnipeg. I graduated from there. Like, what? (laughs) So of all the things, travel around the world, left, departed many years ago from my hometown. And here in Beijing, China, I meet a lady who majored in psychology. Uh, Can't remember what else she uh, majored in, but uh, she's been in Beijing since she graduated. She still has friends uh, back in the the hometown uh, who got married and had children there as well. Uh, and I was like, yeah, because the Canadian passport's a good one to have. She's like, yeah, it's also easier to get than other countries. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I mean, we, you know, it's easy to laugh about these things, but uh, let's be fair. I mean... There's, that's one way to look at it. The other way is that, you know, when you're a foreigner and you're an expat, the expats are the ones who look at the opportunities about where best to make money and where best to meet a potential mate. Go figure. So, yeah, we got to, to talking a little bit about the country and sort of our, our uh, motives for staying and for leaving and things like that. Uh, I think it was kind of funny that uh, one of the reasons why she ended up in my hometown was that that she was looking at uh, overseas universities, as so many Chinese students do, so many Chinese kids, and um, some of them are just horribly expensive. U of T, Toronto, BC, McGill, Western, I mean, they're horribly expensive, right? My hometown was a little bit cheaper, relatively speaking, and I remember like she says, like, the year that she applied, uh, UBC had rate, had doubled their admission rates for, like, their admission fees, uh, tuition fees for foreign students. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that uh, scam happening quite a bit. I remember my hometown, like the University of Manitoba, University of Winnipeg, their fees had ridden, risen substantially. I remember seeing a lot more... Asian kids on campus, a lot more Chinese kids. Never really paid much attention to it, but I just I remember it being something that was, you know, it, it was a it was a wave that was happening. And yeah, I, I remember looking at the international fees, and they were stupid. Like it was like ten grand. I was paying, if I was paying three grand for a year, they were paying ten grand. And you're going the same education. 
How's that one work? Uh, yeah, there you go. There's the upper, higher level en- uh, education scam going on. I, I don't understand. It. I don't know how they can even. Uh, it, it's protectionist measures by another way. I don't know why it is. If anything, thank goodness for the internet that brings down the barrier of entry, the barrier of costs. And also, with that, I mean, it also ups the ante for us people who want to work online, who, you know, it is so easy to work online to establish businesses, as especially as English teachers. I mean, you got to up your game. You can't just, like, say, I'm an English teacher, I have a YouTube channel, or I can teach you English. It doesn't count. I mean, it doesn't, you got to up your game. I mean, I appreciate that, because the co- you're not offering a degree online, unless you do. You probably don't. It's it's tough. You got to set yourself apart. I mean, it's it's uh, the qual- you have to bring quality to the table. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was good little conversation uh, talking with her. Um, nothing really surprising to tell you the truth, but at the same time, it was like wow, uh, it was really small world. Talk about small world. Now she has not uh, lived in any other countries since then, whereas I have like. Oh, I've been around the world. <laughs> China wasn't my first stop, and it won't be my last. Let's put it that way. Uh, other than that, oh, news. The uh, One of my neighbors is being ousted, asked to leave, is going to be leaving her apartment because the landlord is selling. Now, I haven't heard this happen in my neighborhood in a very long ever. I'm not very, I don't really track the real estate market too much, but the few foreigners that I see here quite a bit are the one, they've been the same for the last few years. Like the, There's maybe one or two, maybe two new people on the block in terms of foreigners. Other than that, the foreigners that I've met here that I, I, that I, I say hi to every now and then when I see them, because uh, our schedules don't always match up, they've been the same for the last four or five years, right? To, to the extent that they're like, you lost weight. <laughs> they've noticed the guy, one of the guys who helps run the bar across the street, he's like, yeah, you've lost weight. I'm like, oh, man. He's like, you, do, do you still run without weight vest? I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> Talk about being in one place for a long time, right? I mean, there you go. But this... Uh, um, this friend, she's uh, this neighbor. She's being asked to find a new place uh, to uh, to live because her uh, uh, her landlord is selling the apartment, and that to me is sort of a sign. I guess you know, with Evergrande following uh, Evergrande is a massive real estate developer here in China. Um, I'll tell you, it's it's bizarre because you read the headlines about that company, like how could they ever be so excessive? And then I look out my apartment window and I see two new buildings being built like to the west of me, to the east of me, sorry. Like, why do they need them? And then the, uh, this lady, she's getting asked to leave because the apartments are uh, apartments being sold. And then even Guomao, like uh, the international, so they, they call it the business district here in Beijing. They're still building more business buildings. For what? Who's moving in? I'd like to know. I, I don't know. I don't get it. But construction is still huge. So, I mean, is it a sign of something? It, it, okay, to, to be fair, I take it as a sign. I go, yeah, um, 
it's a flag to me. Uh, it also is something that I have to be aware of that could happen to me as well, that the landlord could give me 60 days and say, or, or even a month, be like, all right, I'm selling the place, so you have to leave. I'm like, <laughs> who knows? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been known to happen to people who've uh, been renting for years and all of a sudden the landlord decides to uh, cash in or they just don't want you living there anymore. I mean, who knows? Uh, they could be hearing all sorts of stories about any number of things going on and they just don't want to deal with um, your kind <laughs> the foreigner kind the passports they want the uh, they want the identity cards maybe just saying it's an issue that does happen um, from time to time other than that uh, oh I was busy uh, doing some uh, more animation work today I spent the morning. Uh, animating with uh, coffee beans, of all things. Um, it was a fun little uh, exercise today. I wanted to practice more multi-touch stop motion, and by that I mean, so w- with stop motion, you know, the you know you fix something, you take a picture. You move one other thing, you f- take a picture. This one was like, I want to move th- two or three things within a scene and take a picture. So it's a, a little bit more uh, involved. And I think it does show sort of the uh, the development, the mature maturation that's happening in my stop motion uh, abilities. And I was kind of looking at this going, you know, this is um, difficult. Uh, it's also, I've also found that I, I can be very immersed in it. So it's something that, although I can't say it, it was easy to get the motivation to go, to get it done. At the same time, once I was involved, I mean, if I had some a plan to do something, I think the hardest thing is sort of, once I have it planned out, it's a lot easier to execute on the idea of stop motion because stop motion, for all the pictures you take, it's such a short little duration. I, I, compi- I took like 600 pictures again today and like you divide that by 24 or 30 and you're getting like 20 seconds. That's it, 20, 23 seconds total right? I mean, you sometimes see my hand in the shot, but I'm like, I can't be bothered to fix this because honestly, that took a long time to make. (laughs) And no one's paying me for this, so I'm not going to be too concerned about it. But neat little animation uh, with coffee beans uh, that I made up. And I I do have that up on my uh, YouTube channel. I also sat down and did another uh, Apple Motion tutorial as well. Uh, So I am on track to sort of finishing up Maybe make your movie video challenge uh, for the rest of this uh, the rest of this, this this week, which is good because ah, I forgot to do it today. But Chinese HSK five test. I, I mean, I've, with with my new passport now in my hands, uh, no more excuses. As I said yesterday, um, I didn't mean I did I did mean to sign up today. I really did. It's just that the coffee bean animation really did take up mo- most of my morning. Uh, so tomorrow, uh, that's going to be the goal, is to uh, sign up for the HSK-5 test, paper-based test, in July of this year. So that's going to be quite the uh, time consumer. Double workout tomorrow. Today was a rest day. I had trouble getting up because I actually had to walk home from the uh, the, the get-together last night. There was no bikes available. They were all outside my compound, like 150 bikes. But on the way home from Guomao, not a one that could be ridden. So I had to walk. That ruined me, destroyed me. So, but I think six o'clock was not a get-up time. It was more like six thirty, six forty. Uh, today is a rest day for me, uh, as Wednesdays have become. Tomorrow, back at it, double workouts. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to try again with the weighted run, 
and the pull-ups and the squats and the push-ups. So it's, that's my new Thursday challenge that I look forward to. Uh, the other thing, I was thinking about this. I know, um, I, I think I've talked about L-carnitine and supplements before. I bought conjugated linea, luno, linea, lunoic, linoic acid, CLA. You look up that abbreviation. It helps your body, uh, actually it doesn't help your body. It tells your body not to absorb as much fat. And so it's easier for you to burn it. Now, L-carnitine is something that you can, uh, that helps your body use fat as an energy store instead of carbohydrates. And I was thinking if I got L-carnitine, and, and they sell it at Decathlon, which is where I do a lot of my, my uh, sports shopping. You fast, if you stop eating at 12, 12.30, sorry, 7 or 7.30, you fast for 12 hours. You do your morning workout, 6.30 to 8.30 or something. Uh, and prior to that, you have your L-carnitine, which helps your body use fat as energy. That should, in theory, help you burn fat, help me burn fat faster, which would help reduce the gut. Now, I was thinking of this going, first of all, okay, that's one way to look at it. Okay, the alternative way of looking at it is it's a supplement. Is this sustainable? It's an extra 50 quai, extra 10 bucks uh, for a two-week supply. I'm going, I don't want to depend on supplements to hit a certain figure. I want to figure out on my own a natural way of hitting a figure and a caloric deficit and by caloric deficit, I mean where I'm still able to eat the foods I like and not worry about calories so much, but still be able to exert enough energy in my double workouts or my one or two workouts a day that you know I can eat stuff and I can have a couple of drinks or whatever and not worry about it too much. So how can I make that happen? So yeah, looking at L-carnitine, looking at CLA... I don't know. Have you guys used supplements before to lose weight, or not? Not just to lose weight, because that's a bad, that's a misnomer. Have you used supplements to f- configure your body, to reshape your body, to either drop fat, like to target a certain uh, type of uh, element in your your body, like proteins or uh, fats? I mean, have you ever done this, or have you been? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, never even thought about it, Steve never even cared but those are two that you can look into cla is a little bit more advanced in terms of its usage um just because it's it's much more targeted towards um fat absorption whereas l-carnitine is probably a bit more in the mainstream in that it's using fat as energy so probably a lot more people would be familiar with l-carnitine same with bcaa's uh branch chain amino acids um which I mean, that's another argument altogether. Uh, but th- So those are the two supplements I was looking at uh, possibly starting this summer. Although I, I did buy the CLA. Those were expensive. Uh, L-carnitine, I haven't bought. Those are cheaper, but I'm going again. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe just you, you need a little bit more time. Maybe you need to... Can I up my caloric expenditure? Like, can I work out any more? How much more can I work out? How much more intense can I go to hit this calorie goal, to hit this figure goal in the next two to three months? Good question. Let me know what you guys are doing. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. This one went on a bit uh, longer than uh, 
as I, I like. Uh, yesterday was a little bit of a shorter episode as well. Uh, but I hope you guys are doing well, enjoying the weather, and that uh, you are getting your uh, vitamin D, eating your vegetables, and your exercise as well. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stephensterski.com. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.